Back on May 1st, I started doing online therapy. I would see a therapist once a week. I would, between visits with her, watch videos, answer questions, do assessments, and generally get mental health advice through these videos, through the questions about the videos, and then from the therapist. In the initial assessment that I filled out, I said that I was struggling with anger issues and not sure how to deal with it on my own, hoping that this therapy would help. So from the get-go, I laid out my issue. And from the very first visit onwards, my anger kept getting skipped over. With each week's videos and homework, I was becoming more and more convinced that this online therapy is generic therapy for what the masses seem to be struggling with right now, which is anxiety. This whole therapy was centered around anxiety and things related to it, like worry, catastrophizing, and even imposter syndrome. Each week, I would answer the questions and say, this isn't what I'm struggling with. And each week, it got greater and greater that the therapist was trying to convince me my anger issues are anxiety related. Finally, on like the sixth visit, might have been the fifth, she said, well, how would you define anxiety? So I flat out defined it for her. And I thought very clearly, I said, and this isn't what I'm struggling with. And then I defined my anger struggle. And it was like she didn't even hear me. So I got off, I googled a connection between anger and anxiety. And what I got was some people who struggle with anxiety can also struggle with anger. So I texted that in like the chat message between us. And her reply was like relieved that I was willing to accept they were related. And I said, No, you you misunderstand people with anxiety can have anger. I don't have anxiety. I do have anger. So that started me thinking, I'm not going to argue what I'm feeling. I'm not going to argue what I'm not feeling. And this many visits in, I'm not feeling listened to. She had up to this point diagnosed me with PTSD and I think clinical depression. And each week my depression scores were lower. But I know full well that had everything to do with the weather improving because the winter was such a long winter and I was desperate for sunshine and not snow and rain. <laughs> so yeah, my depression is very weather related and very seasonal and I know this about myself. So anyway, she seems to believe she's having a great effect on me because my depression scores are going down, but I'm actually getting angrier every week because someone not listening is one of my triggers. Also being told who I am is something that will very quickly anger me. I spent too much of my life being told who I was. So now I have a lot of attitude about it. So in my last visit, which was the seventh visit with her, I let her know that I'm done. I feel as though if I were to see somebody who knew me, I would be able to get therapy that was based on me and who I am. Instead of having to spend time doing homework, I say in air quotes, that isn't related to my struggles. So it was right before this visit with her, when I'm telling her I'm done, that I had this, I feel, ingenious idea. It was because of that thought, I wish I could see somebody who knew me, that I decided I'm going to talk to people who know me, and I'm going to hear their perspective on anger. And then the idea got even bigger where I could do a podcast series talking to these friends on this one subject. So that's what I've done. I've sat down with, I believe, seven people so far, all friends who know who I am and either have opinions on anger or are also struggling with anger. And it has already, in just seven conversations, made such a huge difference. So that's what this is, me getting my friends to be my experts. And frankly, I'm actually very excited to edit all of these episodes because I get to revisit the advice. I don't have to just have one conversation with a friend and it be gone. 
There were so many gems from each chat. I might at the end do kind of a sum up of my favorite parts. I don't know that I've ever had an idea that was so quickly beneficial to me. Since recording with my friends, I am not as quick to anger. And maybe that's just circumstantial. I'm not going to say praise the Lord, I'm healed. <laughs> I feel wiser. I feel like my friends have equipped me with some tools and perspective. If you know me, you know perspective is a really big deal to me. Why I didn't think of it sooner, I don't know. I really wish I had. Not that the therapy was a complete waste of time because it was when talking to that therapist and talking about depression and what form it takes, it was hearing myself answer her questions that made me say, wow, I'm admitting this out loud and I'm not happy with these answers. And that sounds funny to say not happy with, but I was kind of embarrassed when I heard myself admit out loud what some of my thought processes were. And that was just kind of a kick in the pants I needed, especially where the self-deprecation was happening. I kind of wasn't aware I was doing it because I was used to hearing it. I had let my internal whispers become part of the wallpaper. I'm actually going to share these episodes out of order. And the reason for that is the very first friend that I sat down to record with, I had some technical problems and editing her episode is taking more time than I wanted. And so rather than wait to get the series going while I edit that episode, I'm sharing the second friend that I sat down with first. Let me just quickly tell you that every friend that came into my recording studio, I played for them a small preface of why they were here, the questions I was going to be asking them, and what I was hoping to glean from the whole experience. So everybody heard the same thing, and for the most part, everybody got asked the same questions, but every single friend had different things to say. Here's part one of Nat Chats with her friends on anger. I'm sitting here with my friend Rainy. She is 22, one of the people I spend most of my time with, and somebody who had a completely different upbringing than me. So not only is she from a different generation, she's from a different family dynamic. She is doing totally different things in life than I'm doing, and so she's a perfect example of someone I want to hear from. <laughs> <laughs> not that I'm trying to make you uncomfortable. I'm not trying to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> Before we talk about anger, mm -hmm. tell me, do you have three words that you give great importance to? I know that you haven't had time to think of three words, and you don't have to have three words, but I thought it would be kind of useful as a way to introduce who you are. Yeah. I mean, I would say the first word that did come to my mind is thoughtfulness because that is something that I like really look for in every single person that's in my life. And I try to dissect to see if they are thoughtful or if they've done anything with thoughtfulness because I naturally, not to brag, but I just naturally think that I am thoughtful and I just think that's super, super important. And it, it just, it's a quality that has so much more to it. It's so meaningful to be thoughtful. It's a pretty deep word, thoughtfulness, because there's so many different ways you can be thoughtful. It doesn't just mean the kindness right. that we see as thoughtfulness. But like shallow people aren't thoughtful people. Mm -hmm. So I totally know what you mean. Yeah. I think I have another one. But... It's kind of two words. Works. Unconditional love. Okay. Do you want to elaborate? That came to my mind when you asked me what I look for in other people. Oh. I think, I hope in my friendships that they have unconditional love for me. And especially with my mom, with my sister, and my family, but also the people who are closest to me. Because I sure have unconditional love for people that I genuinely really care about, mm -hmm. no matter what. There's just a no judgment there. There just can't be if you're going to be that close, that vulnerable with someone. So that's that unconditional love. That's a huge word. Mm -hmm. Like that has a lot of meaning in my in my eyes. 
because of who I am, I only apply that, and I'm not trying to make any comparison by saying mm -hmm. this. My circle of people is pretty small. If you're in my circle, you know you're in my circle. And I would say unconditional love exists easily inside of that circle, but not necessarily easily outside of it. There might be like a ring where it can come and go, but then outside of that ring, outside of the circle. <laughs> no. It's like, who knows? Maybe, maybe not. That is exactly the same. But that's why I said my family, my close friends. Yeah. I don't think we were recording when I told you a couple of my words. Mm -hmm. And so it's not super one-sided. Two of my words are wholeness. I kind of see that as a goal and an important word. Probably too complicated to try and explain, but it's a good one. And then clarity, because I over-explain everything and I need clarity, which is the whole reason I'm sitting here is I want more clarity on my struggle with anger. And so by asking people I adore, hopefully at the end of this, it's not going to be something that I feel is an issue. I am hoping it's going to be something that I feel I'm healing. I wanted to say have healed, but I don't know if anybody can have anything fully healed when it started to be an issue a very long time ago. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, I could elaborate on that just based off of, you know, we have our, I don't know if you would even want to include this in here, but we, you and I are very open-minded. So we're constantly finding other ways to heal ourselves. So just think about that. You doing your foot zoning, me and my mom doing energy work, like those are just a few ways to heal. And if those are ways, think of all the other things that yeah. are affected that we don't even know about. And yeah. can you really heal everything? It's, I feel like it's just about getting to a better place and learning that you can get mm. better. Yeah. But it's like, no one's perfect. Exactly. You just said something that made me think of two thoughts. And the first part of it is, that's why I believe in reincarnation, because I don't feel like any one thing can be fully mastered, ever. Mm -hmm. You can't be perfect in anything. But then also, the second thought related to that one is, I have said many times, there are struggles I don't feel like I've been tasked with in this lifetime, and struggles that I absolutely am tasked with. So I feel like... Although anxiety is not an issue in this lifetime, it could have been an issue in another lifetime or three other lifetimes. I don't know. I think it's totally worth hypothesizing and going, okay, I'm not going to make things that aren't a problem a problem, but I am going to concentrate on healing the things that are. And maybe in another lifetime, there won't be any anger. <laughs> maybe I can just hope for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell me, how does anger present for you? Let's say you get angry. Just describe that for me. I think most of the time when I'm angry, it's because people disappoint me. And that's the biggest thing. Like, it's just, it's really hard for me to understand why people are so disappointing. That's actually one of my questions. What emotions or feelings or words do you have associated with anger? So disappointment absolutely is one of those for you huge that's like one of the main things probably misunderstanding as well like I get most upset when I'm misunderstood or misinterpreted yeah and that person just thinks they got it all they think that they got it all figured out or know exactly what I'm feeling or see the situation for exactly what it is but they just don't that's actually one for me also yeah and one of the reasons I spend so much time writing before I record Mm -hmm. The possibility of somebody misunderstanding me or taking what I said and twisting it into something else. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> when people twist my words in person, almost instantly, that is absolutely a trigger. I've noticed you do that. <laughs> I noticed that you go, no, no, no. I didn't say that. You do that a lot. You did it a lot at work, but you've also done it with me. You go, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you said it straight. <laughs> right, right away. <laughs> I have to 
Rainy laughs a lot when I'm talking and I laugh a lot when Rainy's talking. <laughs> no, I am holding in the chuckles right now. <laughs> because am I a Taurus rising or a Taurus moon? Taurus rising. I'm a Taurus rising. And a Scorpio sun. And I'm a Taurus sun, Scorpio rising. And that's where it all started to make sense. That's why we get each other so well. Yeah. What's funny is another friend I'm going to have on here. I am a Capricorn moon. She is a Capricorn. And when I found out that she was a Capricorn, I was like, uh, got it. Oh, I just thought of a word that you will understand is a trigger for anger, especially for me, because you know me so well. But that I'm pretty sure is a trigger for you too. And that's harassment. If I feel harassed, which unfortunately is very easy for me, it's very easy to make me feel harassed. And so in that space, it's almost like I don't get to choose whether or not I cross the bridge to anger. But also harassment is kind of like pushing or poking me. I can only take so much of it, but I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. And then bam, I won't take it. I think the reason that you know that it triggers you so easily is because you, you're very aware of what harassment means. You have your definition of it and you can recognize it like that, which I think is a good thing. But I think someone like me, I've been so stupid in so many like situations where I kind of give excuses to people's harassment and you go, sweet pea, you're being harassed. And I'm like, oh, you're so right. And it completely validates all of the horrible things that I'm feeling about the situation. Yeah, I think you call it harassment. I call it someone, yeah, kind of just pushing me Yeah. in any way or rushing, pestering, which is all kind of just harassing. <laughs> comes down to that you just made me remember that one of my words one of my big words is comfort and so anytime somebody pushes me out of comfort we're pointing at each other right now <laughs> good because thing this isn't on a video it's gonna be my other word okay i'm not kidding yeah i'm not surprised i'm so that's so important to me whether it's comfort of just Laying on the couch or whether it's comfort in just my life. I don't know. Comfort. Yes. Anyways, continue your thought. But I'm pointing at <laughs> Yes. I easily use the word harassment because being harassed isn't comfortable. And you're so young and nice still. <laughs> <laughs> to people. <laughs> I make it sound like I'm mean to people. <laughs> Anyone who knows me knows I'm not mean to people. Yeah. But the niceness, I don't do that as much as I did when I was young. I think you do it until you're in your 40s, to be honest. Most people are nice that long. Then finally in their 40s, something happens and they're like, I just can't. I just can't give everyone nice anymore. The people who don't deserve it aren't getting it. So, of course, I'm past that point of... Yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take it. So I have labeled it with harassment, which is a far greater word than upsetting my comfort. Because you're more calling it, if you poke me and upset my comfort, I get angry. And I just automatically go, nope, harassment. Right. <laughs> right. And that's why, well, that's why when you were talking to me about a harassment situation that bothered you, I had questions of why you were acting the way you did. Because... I would react differently. Oh, yeah, because you said, whoa, and harassment? And then you used one word, I think probably like pestering or something about again and again and again getting boom, boom, boom. And you said, tap out. Yeah. And I was like, bingo. That's I completely understand, you know, which yeah. is interesting that we just have different words and interpretations of kind of the same feeling. No, but I think that's why. I think my age literally is what has sent me to that word and you see it as such a severe word rightfully so i'm just at the point of going bam that's it i'm harassed bam you push too many times all it took was 10 times <laughs> all it took was seven times in the instance you and i were talking about i think it was seven push me poke me seven times and yeah i'm there i'm at harassment and now 
at harassment, I'm angry. I think the reason that another reason why I don't jump to harassment is because me, myself, you could say I'm chill, right? Mm -hmm. But there is a little fiery in me, but I keep that to myself. And I think I just care to stay cool and collected on the outside. That's just kind of how that I am. A storm could be going on inside and you would not know. I just keep it whatever. But we're alike in the way that I just maybe won't even... But see, I don't know. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm tapped out and I don't need to explain myself. But I'm kind of like that too. Because I'm like, I'm bothered by this. I'm not even going to act like I'm bothered by this unless I really felt like I needed to address the situation. Yeah, I think I just am like, I don't want to seem like I'm harassed. But that's just me being young, caring about looking a certain way. But I yeah, think and not hurting also, people's feelings. Not hurting people's feelings. And also this day and age, harassment is like a huge thing. Like I feel like the vocabulary for us is if you say you're harassed, like maybe I just have a false understanding of the word, but I think of someone like sexually harassing someone. That's what I hear it used most. Because yeah, people don't use it in the way that you use it yeah, casually. It's true. Even though that is what it is. Yeah. I see that there are so many ways to harass an individual. Sexual harassment is just one right. of many. And so I think because sexual harassment is such a big deal, it does seem extreme to just use the word harassment. However, I'm not that individual seeing it as severe in every instance. Sexual harassment is a very severe instance of harassment. But just to use an example that's on topic, I was doing online therapy, and I've probably told you this already, but for the sake of listeners, I'm doing online therapy, and I was getting generally two texts a day from the site I was doing therapy with, reminding me to do my assessments and quote-unquote homework. Two texts a day telling me to do something I know I need to do isn't harassment until, how do I, how do I say this? It's not harassment the first day. It's not necessarily harassment the second day, but on the third day, that's six texts. So tell me six times I need to do something I know I need to do, and we're only three days in. Send me two texts every day until the day that I do it, which is the day before I see a therapist, that's 14 fucking texts. I'm harassed. Now, where it really got me, because I put up with it for a full month, average of two texts a day. I put up with it for a full month until I forgot to turn my phone down before going to bed. And I got a text at 1am telling me to do my homework. And that was it. That was it. I was pushed too fucking many times. And in the middle of the night, I'm texting stop. Not because I know it's going to work, but because, oh my good God, you better fucking stop texting me. And it's not okay to wake me up at 1 a.m. Only my dogs can do that. Only the girls. <laughs> Only the girls. <laughs> so that was when everything changed for me with therapy. Then I looked and saw I had four 1 a.m. texts. Out of all... Two a day for 30 days is 60 texts. I could see quickly that four of them had been sent to me at 1 a.m. It's not just Natalie who would call that harassment. That is absolutely harassment. So whoever created the algorithm telling their computer it's okay to do this to people, it's super not okay. And especially when that person is getting therapy for anger issues. <laughs> it's like, okay, not only are you not helping but now you're making it worse. It's also a respect thing. I don't know. I know what I need to do. I have a life. I'm a grown woman. Stop telling me to do the homework. Yeah. I, I know I need to do it and I will do it if I want. Yeah. But that's another thing. It's like it's unwanted. So that's just immediately harassment. Like with the Egyptian. You wouldn't call it harassment, but you put up with his overbearing personality and his exaggerations and his flirting and his stuff. <laughs> I would have called that harassment long ago. Yeah. I'm almost like mad at myself 
that I've brought him back in again. That you've called it friendship all along. And because you've called it friendship, you let him keep reappearing. Yeah. But I've just realized there's just no freaking point anymore. At all. Just why? It comes back to that small circle. Yeah. The people in that small circle are the people who understand you, the people who make you comfortable, the people you can turn to. And if we step outside of that circle, we have that ring. Those are the people you're pretty sure, but maybe you don't know that great. You don't feel like you have to know them any better. You don't have to trust them 100%, whatever. But the people outside of that, I don't know, maybe it's just recognizing Yeah. who's in your inner circle, who's in the ring outside your inner circle. Think about the word that I said, lack of respect or whatever. Misunderstood. Being misunderstood when I think of the word like anger. That's kind of what harassing is, though, because the Egyptian. You can't call him the Egyptian. (laughs) Uh, We shouldn't say his name. So we'll just call him the Hank. Hank. Okay, let's call him Hank. Hank. Okay. Because Hank, he is not understanding me. He is not understanding anything that I tell him. And he can sit in front of me and say that he's understanding what I'm saying to him or how I'm feeling. But he clearly does not. It's not actually understanding because you continue to do it again and again and again. And you don't care how I feel. You're going to keep acting the way that you're acting. He's a perfect example of somebody who doesn't listen. Yeah. And because he's not listening, he's believing his own thoughts rather than believing your words. A thousand percent. And even when he is giving me his horrific advice and telling me what he knows about every single woman and every single man it is the most like he's convinced that he actually knows everything anything i say it is not getting through hank is so self unaware yeah it's amazing it's i have been saying that no haven't i been saying that for like two years oh yeah from the minute i told you like an interaction from the minute i met him he was unaware because he's always been Kind of a an entertainer and always trying to attract the attention from the crowds that don't really <laughs> want to give their attention to him. But he's just unaware of that. Yeah. He you can't know? see it's more embarrassing than successful. That's the first thing that he does wrong in every single setting that he's in. But on a personal level, take a hint. But also, this is part of your niceness. You wouldn't say to him, you literally can't take a hint. Like you would never say that to him because you're too nice. But what's sad is somebody like him probably needs to hear somebody like you say that. Why won't you ever fucking take a hint? Yeah. I'm not interested. And you just keep going. And it's embarrassing for you. Like, what is it? Why aren't you taking a hint? Why are you so self unaware? Like, what is happening in here? Where you literally don't hear anyone else. Why can't men listen? Like that dude who asked for my number and he made me so uncomfortable, I actually gave it to him. What the fuck? (laughs) Natalie, why did you do that? And then when he texted me, I was like, you know, I What are you talking about? I didn't tell you this? No. I probably only told Marielle. Yeah. This is a tangent that's going to be recorded. But (laughs) so this dude comes up to me at work. And, and I said, what can I get for you? And he goes, your number for one. Wait, when was this? Um, Last summer. Last summer? Yeah. Because when I was telling Marielle, we were sitting out back and the weather was good. Maybe it's an old story I'm not recalling, but I don't remember this. Maybe I just assumed I told you. Yeah. Or maybe it's not important enough to tell more than one person. <laughs> yeah. So... I just started laughing because you're making me uncomfortable. So what am I going to do? I'm a nice person. I'm going to laugh. Men do this to women, though. And I use this example with Marielle often because dudes will be nice to her and so she'll be nice to them. And then they're flirting and she's not knowing how to get out of it. So she's just being nice back. Happened today even. And she goes, that always happens to me. And I went, it's because you're nice. You let them. And so they keep going and you don't shut it down. Not that you have to shut it down, but you can see how it happens so easily because you don't shut it down. Yeah. You just continue to be nice. And then they assume you're flirting. So 
this dude asked me for my number. I start laughing out of discomfort. I'm like, ha ha ha, no, 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 no. And he wouldn't stop. He's stopping me from putting food in the oven. Robert finally had to come and put some food in the oven for me. And I was like, oh God, I hope he's going to save me. Nope. He didn't take any notice whatsoever. He just figured that I was engaged with the customer. So anyway, in the end, I gave the customer my phone number because I was so uncomfortable and I needed him to stop. Yeah. I should not have done that. I should have just made up a number. Yeah. You should have absolutely made up a number. That tells you how honest I am. Yeah. So when he texts me, I said, what I said to you in person is really quite true. I'm not looking to make new friends. I'm not looking to date anyone. I'm not anything. And I'm not a texter, so I don't want to be texting getting to know somebody. So sorry, but I'm not going to put time into this. Was he attractive? Okay, depends what you call attractive. (laughs) To you? He was tall. He had dark hair. He had okay features. His breath was on fire. (laughs) Holy shit. It was fucking awful. What? So I'm sorry, but it doesn't matter how good looking you are. Oh, hell no. If I can smell your breath (laughs) from over here. No, that's rancid. (laughs) How does it smell that bad? From across the counter? Oh, yeah. So I was quite clear in my text to him. Like, I wasn't rude. I wasn't anything. I was very clear. Mm Mm-hmm. I have projects. I don't have time to be spending on my phone. I have plenty of things I'm interested in. Too much to do, dude. Yeah. His reply? It was trying to engage me in more texting. So what projects are you into? Just like I just told you every fucking word you need to hear. And you asked me what projects I'm doing, what I'm into. Um, blocked. (laughs) I should have. I should have said, did you read a fucking word I said and then blocked him? (laughs) But I didn't. I just blocked him so that it was evident. I can't believe I didn't tell you this. (laughs) I just thought you go, did you hear a fucking word I said? That would have been iconic if you said that to him. (laughs) No, yeah, there. One day, maybe, maybe when I'm 60, I'll be that person who can just say whatever I want and not worry about their feelings. Yeah. Selfish people. That makes me mad. See, men just can't listen. So Hank is a perfect example. Oh, I, I need Hank. I need my tone of voice. Like if we're coming back to the podcast right? and we're and we're cutting out that story. <laughs> they, they come yeah. in and they're like, yeah. whoa, turn it down. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Lower the bar, Natalie. <laughs> we're fired up. Talk about anger. Talk about harassment. We no, got no. all the receipts. <sighs> Unfortunately, it's sad. Just lack of respect. Yeah, that's actually a trigger for me is not listening. Mm -hmm. Because not listening is related to another trigger for me, which is stupidity. That makes you angry? Yes. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't listen, you must be stupid. My brain does that. Not that that's necessarily true in every instance, but that's my thought process. Oh, you can't listen to me? You're fucking dumb. Now I'm angry. Right. And see, the way, for me, lack of common sense. That's what I say. See, we just have different definitions. <laughs> no, we have different terms to the definition, I yeah. think. But. Well, a lack of common you, sense when that's what's shown first. Oh, I, I'm, I'm angry No, too. you're stupid. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. lack of common sense. Think about when you meet someone who just has common sense. Caitlin. It is so soothing immediately yes we are connected so i'm at the point where i just lack of common sense goodbye not wasting any energy here because i already know you're not gonna understand anything i'm saying we're not on the same page i should have done that with someone long ago and i only finally did it and it's not like i had to say bye like you just said because they were never in my inner circle nor my ring but yeah why do i give people so much time i wish i weren't so nice to give them so much of my time there's just some people it's just a no like it's just you're not gonna click with everyone and i always you know i always talk about this but i look at it as frequencies i call it frequencies 
if you're not on the same plane as me, like, I just know it's not going to work. Not that you have to be exactly there, but if you're near, I can just gauge that, Mm -hmm. you know? But sometimes we do. Sometimes someone's a little off, but we're like, yeah, I like them. You know, I like them. But then eventually comes back around and it's... You know, I had to learn the... I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I had to learn not to do that as often the hard way. I met a guy who was so nice, so not matching my frequency, like total flippity gibbet. He kept asking me out, asking me out, and I finally relented. Mm-hmm. I went, okay, just be nice. Just keep an open mind. No. It's never no. Anytime I have to convince myself, I regret it. Never convince yourself. My roommate said that to me the other day. She's like, anytime I've convinced myself of anything, it never works. It, it never works out. It's always bad. Whether it's with a person or going somewhere in a situation. Like, it's just, you're convincing yourself? Come on. Yeah. And there's a difference in convincing yourself to maybe go out that night <laughs> or convincing yourself to, like, commit to something you don't feel like you want to commit to. You know, Heck first no. impressions, we need to trust those. Yeah. We that, really do. Both of us are sitting here, like, shaking our head with these like, thoughts. <laughs> I love that your glasses match your dress. Thank you. First thing I noticed, actually. <laughs> Okay, real quick, before we tie this up, one of the things I wrote down that I want input on is whether or not you think anger is a choice. And you don't have to have a black or white answer. Like, how do you see that? There are so many people, and I'm kind of one of them, because I grew up seeing anger being chosen when it wasn't necessary. So I do believe anger can be a choice you make. But we're not talking about my dad who chooses anger. We're talking about your everyday person. Is anger a choice? How do you feel about that type of a statement that it is? Yeah, I don't think it is. Because when I'm angry, I'm so angry. It's a strong emotion that I just literally in those moments, I feel like I can't control. I think that like goes for everyone's just different. Like everyone's going to feel anger to different calibers. But, like, I think about my dad, and I'm like, why is he so angry all the time? My dad is, like, a good man, but he just is the shortest temper. But I don't think he's choosing that. I really don't. But maybe some would argue it's a thought process, and that's why. But let's be honest. When you're angry about something, you're not really down to just analyze in your head and, like, okay, let me talk this through. Like, no, you're angry. You're feeling it. And there's, like, a reason behind it. So I don't think, I think, it yeah, it can be a choice. I think long-lasting anger can be a choice. But, like, anger in a moment, the reaction of anger, no. You just use a word I never use. What? Temper. Oh, you never use that. Uh-uh. Yeah. So I'm curious. Let's elaborate <laughs> on that. You say your dad has a temper, but your dad also has a stressful job. So is temper more related to anger or is temper more related to stress? I don't know, but I think temper, it's like short temper, short fuse. Okay. okay. That's how I see it. Like, I don't know. I guess I've never really tried to sit and define what the word temper means, but I always explain my parents as short temper. Like they're very easily like, like they're just, they'll like pop off about something. Even if they're not like super, super angry, they just... They're short-tempered. You say uh-huh. anything, boom. They got a feeling about it. But yeah, my dad, he's got no chill. No chill. Interesting. The... Yeah, I always I always say that. What is the definition of temper? Look it up. What's Do, your definition? Go ahead. I can't remember the last time I used that word. That's why. You're like, whoa. It's so related to anger, though. I'm surprised. Think of a temper tantrum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the only way I think I would have used it in the recent past. Temper. Up, down. There's a temperature. There's a cold temperature. There's a hot temperature. It says a person's state of mind seen in terms of their being angry or calm. Which is why you said chill. Yeah. Saying temper can go with calm or angry, but most of the time people are saying short temper. No one's saying short temper as if... They're just calm really easily. 
you know, no one's going to use it that way. Mm-hmm. But I really stand by what I said. Like, as hanging on to anger, choice. Yeah. Reaction? No. No way. To apply that, I feel like I've been struggling with anger since December. I had a trigger. It's been months that anger keeps reappearing. Maybe, as I said in my episode with Shan, maybe it's because I'm giving it attention, that I'm concentrating on it. And wherever attention goes, energy flows. So am I creating this? No, I don't feel like I am. Am I from somebody else's perspective? Maybe. From my perspective, no. So maybe I think I'm just going to change what I was about to say. And let's ask you, you spend a lot of time with me. So do you think I'm doing that? Not that you're seeing me angry all the time, but you know that I do have bouts and that I have a hard time being angry, just being angry. Well, I wanted to ask you, are you saying that you're since December angry at a certain thing or angry at a lot of things you feel like? Like you're just, you feel anger about. Easily angered. How's that? I see myself as easily angered and it's such an uncomfortable space to be in. That's why I'm struggling is -hmm. because I keep ending up in that really uncomfortable space of anger. If it were anything else, I feel like I could sort it out. But anger feels like, I mean, you listen to my episode, Is Anger a Choice? I just feel like it's a different beast. Mm-hmm. Well, have you told me what it is that triggered you in December? My dad calling me. Oh, yeah, you didn't tell me that. I didn't? Uh-uh. I pretty much shouted for an hour solid down the phone. At him. At him. hmm Yeah. I wasn't talking at any point. I was mostly shouting, even when I was answering his questions, that he asked me calmly. Why are you still mad about it, though? In no, June? no, I feel like, no, I feel like it opened a can of worms. I'm not mad about it. I feel like it set me back. Huh. And I'm not the me I've been. I feel like this can of worms that he opened, he allowed me to get so angry. And by allow, I just use that word. I'm not saying he actually gave me permission because I wasn't, I wasn't going to not speak my mind. But I think that's okay. I think it's okay that you're angry at that. And instead of seeing it as like opening this can of worms, like, no, that's just however many years of your life that you have been angry at him and because of all the things that he's done. Like, that's valid, if I've ever heard of valid. It's not, like, I don't think it's you being angry now or, like, oh, you're losing who you were and you're taking steps back now. Like, no. it's There's so much, like, from your past that goes into that. I don't think... Don't let it carry over now. I mean, obviously, it's okay to still be angry now about it. But it's just, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. You made me think of something I haven't thought of. What's possible in that conversation is I allowed myself to reach a level of anger I had never allowed myself to reach. And once I did that, it's like I opened the door Mm-hmm. And now there's no turning back. I now have access to that part of me that can get that angry. And it's so uncomfortable. Well, I think that's simply just because it's built up anger. So it's like you probably have shoved down that emotion of anger and mastered it like we do so many times. Shove it down, shove it down, shove it down. Walk away from it. But you faced it, which I think which people call a canon events, right? Which I think is like a really beautiful thing. Like, think about the release that that was. And this is like the tower moment, you know? Why doesn't it feel that way then? Yeah. Because you're so sweet. You're not an angry person. You've just had things that have happened to you that have caused you to become angry. But of course you don't like to feel angry. Of course. 
Yeah, it feels shit. And that just proves the kind of person you are. So don't think that you're bad now because you're feeling angry over this and that. I wouldn't say I've labeled myself a bad in any way. Well, yeah. Is it bad to feel anger? Like that question, of course, I have to answer with no. But does it feel bad? Yes. It feels bad. It feels shitty. Disappointing. That's, I guess that's a catch 22 because disappointment can cause anger. And there I am feeling angry. So I'm uncomfortable. So I'm disappointed, which is a trigger for anger. And then I'm left going, how do I step back out of this room that I opened this door to? Yeah. Because I don't like it in here. (laughs) Yeah. And that's why you feel like you're choosing it. In a way, yeah. Yeah. But also, it feels like there's no turning back. Mm-mm. That's the problem I'm so bugged by. But I, why does it feel that way? Think about our minds are everything. Our mindset goes so far. And you're telling yourself there's no going back. Then there's no going back, Natalie. If you're telling yourself, okay, this is opened. This happened to me. Now I'm going to be angry at everything. Then you are. And that's so much easier said than done, but don't tell yourself that that's the story because it doesn't need to be. And just keep convincing yourself that it's not. Like, don't tell yourself, oh, yeah, it it is this way. It has to be this way because it doesn't have to be. Yeah, that's obviously something hard to come out of. And you've been here for a while now. Here in anger or here on this planet because I'm old? No. (laughs) Shut up. I, I actually genuinely no, wasn't sure what you meant. Oh, okay. You know. I think no, maybe... No, no, There is no way there's no no turning back. What are you talking about? But it feels like maybe a better analogy is uh, I flipped a switch. No. With that switch on, I don't like the consequences of the switch being flipped. And I can't actually say that I can turn it off, that I can walk backwards, that I can change my mind and undo the flipping of the switch so you feel like because you've reached that anger you're just like very easily angered by like everything yeah yeah but you feel like that can never go away i don't know that i even think those words because i don't really care about five years in the future what i care about is getting triggered currently Mm mm-hmm Like I had two shitty Sundays in a row and Sunday is my day off. My day off that I won't give to uh, other people. Let's put it that way. And I spent those Sundays alone, but things entered that triggered me in anger. And I had, it's only Tuesday today. So (laughs) last Sunday and the Sunday before. I have a question. So this is current. This isn't five years in the future. in your past for as long as... Your dad was in your life for as long as your dad was out of your life. Have you felt a little bit of anger towards him, towards everything? Almost always. Yeah. So think about how much of that needs to be released, you know? Uh And it's almost like these little things aren't what's really bugging you. Maybe they're bugging you a little bit. But if you reach that certain point of anger because of him and then you keep feeling that feeling, it's that Which makes me think, okay, we need some releasing of trapped emotions. And also, there can be some bad things hanging around here that are making you feel that way as well. Because there's always bad things around. I I know I don't think you really believe in spirits. Oh, no, no. I believe um, in what I call ankle biters. Yeah. So they are, And they are negative energy entities. Oh. I absolutely believe them So. Those want you to think all the bad things about yourself. And they're like, yeah, be angry. You're so angry. Yeah. You know? And they do feed off of negative emotion. Yeah. That's a really good point. Unfortunately, I haven't recently, which could be a huge factor in all of this. I haven't recently said to myself, I'm not going to feed them. Mm-hmm. Because for years I did that. Yeah. Anytime I was going to go into a negative place, I'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to feed them because they only get bigger. Yeah. And then I only get feeling worse. And I haven't been saying that to myself for quite a while now. Yeah, don't let them win. Yeah. Do not. I say shoo, you know. 
And then listen to the good songs that make you feel good. That have good messages. Maybe take time to write outside. But then you also made a really awesome point a moment ago when you said, maybe you just need a release. And my brain went, okay, how do, what are ways I could do that? And mm -hmm. I, immediately I, I thought of like boxing because... To some, yeah however <laughs> hitting things and hitting people actually upsets me yeah because of the right the anger that i had to watch but still that opened up maybe there's a way i could release some of it and i am not considering that type of thing like i don't know you could go batting cages i don't know you could walk outside Get some fresh air. <laughs> like I don't. But some sort of physical activity of some sort. Yeah. You should jump rope. Hmm. It's a skill. It's, it's not too hard and it's good. You get moving. And also, moving's important because, I mean, you're constantly moving around, moving things, which is good. But it's also, you need a more, like, releasing type of movement like that. Because think about how you can release trapped emotions just doing that. Mm -hmm. jumping up and down you can knock things loose you can knock a lot of things loose doing that you know yeah just any way to just ugh, get rid of that i feel like it was ages ago that i said to you lastly and then yeah <laughs> and then we kept going so gonna go ahead and just say thank you thank you thank you for sitting with me and talking to me and putting up with me <laughs> putting up same <laughs> i choose to come here Think about how much I choose to come here. That's, yeah. I freaking like you. Yeah. <laughs> but then you I'm let so, me in. I'm so glad you choose to come here. I, I mean, Needless to say, Naley is too, because. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you so much.